0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever... You are tuning in to today's podcast from. And a very warm welcome to today's podcast guest. Tom Gravy is the digital creative director at Avant Garde and uh, joins us today as, um, I should say, a last minute uh, uh, super sub off the bench. We've dragged Tom off the bench today um, to, uh, to stand in for a guest that uh, was due to join us. And Tom's very kindly joined the podcast for the first time. Tom, welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. Thank you. Um, as I said uh, in Tom's introduction, he's the digital creative director at Avant-Garde. Um, and the best place to start for those who haven't uh, come across that name before is, is to ask a little bit about Avant-Garde and what it is that the agency does.
1: Yeah, sure. And so um, I can definitely do that, I can help out. Um, we are a, a global brand experience agency. Um, it's basically experienced experts, um, I think, what we do is to, to know all the different touch points and understand them all and then best figure out when to make that conversation with the, with the, um, the, the people moving through that. Mm. Um, we offer a, a quite a wide range of services um, from strat, creative design, digital, social, content, data, um, but with that experience edge um, mm. and we have an integrated approach uh, from my side, certainly with digital as an important integral part of that. Um, but just generally the the main um, company is over 12 offices with like 700 people worldwide um, mm. and we've been in business over 30 years um, so so they you know the main business um, located in Munich um, and you know breadth of clients automotive Mercedes um, BMW also Lufthansa Alliance, Allianz um, Porsche um, yeah so quite a quite a, a varied amount. Um, obviously I, I'm part of the London office. Um, sure. we're, we're kind of the global hub of the group. Um, you know, we, we deal with quite a lot of international projects. Sure. Uh, and we also, um, obviously have quite varied sort of digital installations, which is part of the reason why I find myself here. So, um, yeah, that's kind of our, uh little story
0: <laughs> absolutely and we should put yeah i know you said over 30, 30 years old but we should say yeah 1985 is is you know yeah the founders says 35 years this year and um you know when you use the term sort of experts or you know leaders in a particular area a lot of companies term themselves with, with those sort of phrases and, and, and terminology but um you know any company from my point of view that's been in business for 35 years in a particular industry certainly qualifies them to class themselves as experts and and, and offer opinion and guidance on an industry um, with that level of reference and just before we get on to talking about some of the things that we want to talk about today what, what's your own sort of personal background um prior to, to your current role at avant-garde
1: yeah sure so um as as uh, i think uh, as we'll get into um i actually come from a a, a traditional advertising background so i've worked I started in sort of, um, uh, you know, flash banners. Uh, I'm sure mm. people who have dealt with that will know what that is. Um, but I worked from, from that sort of end up and that sort of direct marketing. Uh, and then, you know, from sort of BTL to ATL. And I've worked for some larger, uh, you know, conglomerate advertising agencies and seen all different facets of it. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, finally, um, about a year and a half ago, I made the move over to the experiential side. Um, to see what they're doing with digital basically because um, it seemed more interesting from my point of view as a creative working in digital um, that seemed to be the space that was really kind of opening up.
0: Sure Um, the first thing I'm going to ask is is, is to uh, maybe an opinion on the term experiential because a lot of people will perhaps straight away pigeonhole for want of a better phrase the term experiential as obviously it's derived from experience but to, you know term it as a, as, a, as a live event people are maybe for want of a better phrase confusing experiential as being exclusively about live events whereas actually to offer somebody an experience it doesn't necessarily have to be about a live event it can apply to many different strands of vertical areas of, of marketing and communication as a whole like it, it, it is my thought on it
1: yeah, and I think that's, um, I think you're starting to see that as well. Um, as I say, we, we our moniker is a, a global brand experience agency. So not experiential, it, it, we, we deliver experiences. And they talk about this experience economy. That's very much what's happening nowadays as well is that people mm, um, yeah. would prefer to have an experience than they would to have something physical. And I think there's some press about that as well. Sure. Um, so very much in terms of like delivering um, experiences, that's where we are. We're trying to tell a story with what we're doing, and we're trying to find, um, as I alluded to earlier, the right points when to do that. So what are those touch points? They could be, they could be social, they could be um, digital, they could be physical, um, and, and then digital in a sense, and a lot of people just think it's screen-based stuff, and that's the interesting side of experiential is we're actually, or experience, um, that we're actually moving over to more kind of interesting ways to harness digital so, um, in unexpected sort of, uh, methods. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting from that point of view.
0: How would some of those unexpected methods manifest themselves?
1: So <laughs> you can have quite, quite uh, a lot of fun with, um, obviously more physical, um, digital, um, installations. So I think that's things that actually, um, you can push and pull and touch that create an experience that is either visual or uh, haptic you know obviously people talk about haptic feedback and that sort of area is definitely a space where we're starting to see a lot of brands kind of wanting to explore something that's new and fresh um, and also trying to find ways in which we can create that experience because that's what people want right they want to go somewhere and feel something and um, see something different and um, so I don't think it's Digital necessarily relates just to um, screen-based content in the experience arena. I think it actually kind of starts to become a lot more interesting, a lot more part of the storytelling, which is, again, one of the reasons why I find myself in the experience um, arena now versus in the advertising arena where, um, you know, I think they're sort of starting to push out the more creative side of digital and become more kind
0: of um, formulaic in a sense. Now, I'm curious to ask your opinion on something. It's something that somebody said on the podcast actually a few weeks ago, which is that when we look at what people often refer to as traditional forms of advertising, so you may think radio or television, or so actually many of the, 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 the forms that we, we label as traditional forms and not, not digital advertising and marketing are actually digital now. Because if you think TV, hardly anybody watches TV through an analog signal anymore. It's all done digitally, which allows advertisers to target specifically by region or demographic or whatever it may be the same with radio now more and more people listen to radio through things like smart speakers and by listening through a digital you know signal if you can call it that advertisers can then have 10 different radio adverts that will play specifically where you know certain region is or where somebody's listening in from or for a type of radio station um you know the, the, the actual lines are becoming a lot more blurred than they were maybe five or six years ago when we referred to digital marketing.
1: Yeah, and I think that's actually um, it's a simple way to describe that is one is a distribution service and that's the way in which things get to you. And the other one is the way in which we actually develop them. So, um, and then that is a common misconception. You're quite right. In a lot of senses, um, people will understand things to be digital uh, Mm. (laughs) is anything that is, um, you know, created for um, these uh, digital channels, but that's completely incorrect. In fact, what you're seeing is uh, a lot more investment in content um, yep, and that is produced in a traditional manner. That has your director, your uh, uh, cinematographer, your crew, everything, you know. Um, so we're developing content at a rapid rate and delivering it on digital channels, yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that is digital. Um, interesting things would be like Bandersnatch. So that's an example of something where they've actually taken uh, a traditional method and completely changing the game and saying to people, right, well, we're going to now allow you to uh, choose how you want to go um, and where you can go, what you can see, how it works. And that is probably more an example of uh, delivery of a digital content in a digital space because they're sure. using the system of Netflix to, even though it's a digital streaming service, it's, it's a traditional, it's just a delivery method is different.
0: Absolutely. Um, there's a key word that stands out in your job title to me, as digital creative director and that's the term creative and um, having uh, you know, worked for a number of years now in ve- with various different hats on, literally, um, mm-hmm. and finding yourself what you do now, do you find that, th- that with the means that you now have at your disposal, um and with the uh, and with the, the backing of an agency the size and with the experience of avant-garde the creative side of you is allowed to flourish more did you feel perhaps that previously as a creative person you were inhibited uh, or in uh, prohibited from doing what you would like to do because the means to do it was not necessarily there um i think um it, it comes
1: back to having uh, i guess the um in the different uh, this is the difference between i think currently now the role of um, your normal advertising agency and the experiential or the experience one Mm. is that um, effectively in those areas, they uh, develop content that is based on um, what can be sold. What what spaces can we sell? Where can we place this content? So you have a predefined box which you need to fulfill uh, and you no longer have that sort of arena where you go, okay, you've got a space, if you versus it in the experience area, you've got a space. What can you do? Mm. That's a completely different landscape to you have a box that is 69 you've got 30 seconds. It needs to have the TV ad (laughs) in it. So um, in terms of breaking out those boxes and going, okay, which is more fun? 100% the space where you can just do whatever. What can you imagine? What can you do? Like, um, and I think that specifically for digital, um, I think you know you have to understand a lot of the inner workings of these things so creative in that sense is not only you need to understand the mechanics of something to be able to use it to its full potential so again when you talk about the the sort of traditional side of it when I was in that arena um, when they stopped sort of making uh, you know mini sites things like that um, really exploring that sort of creative side of how you deliver um, marketing, it didn't, it didn't provide you with that sort of appetite to sort of go, okay, well, what's the space I can work in now? And what can I do? And oh, yeah. so having that opportunity to go, okay, well, we can have, you know, a, a VR or an AR, or we can have a, a touchscreen interface that triggers something else over here. It doesn't matter. You can just decide and develop and work with the client to create something that is completely different anything you've seen before so yeah 100% that arena offers more opportunity to be creative uh, in a
0: digital and like, technological sense. Mm. Well, when it comes to understanding these inner workings and mechanics of, of, of all of the, these different um, opportunities I suppose that are available to you whether that be software that be hardware is, is it difficult to, to keep up you know with there being so much available to you to actually maintain that clear understanding of what all of these different um opportunities can can present and what how you can utilize the best for your clients uh i i I think
1: if 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 you enjoy it i don't think so i mean i think you've got to think about what what things there are out there so Mm. um you know i've I've, (laughs) fortunate enough you buy um a vr set you know because you're like okay i need to play with this i need to understand how it works so part of it is playing games and you're sitting there going okay well that's you know somewhere i can i can explore so if you have an interest in it and you and you want to push those areas and you, and you, you want to know how these things work then 100 percent. so you need to have an interest in technology obviously um i think uh, you know to to lean on that my my background was computer graphics uh, i studied at bournemouth right. and then i moved into more programming and then i sort of made the leap and sort of started to move towards more design and then creative so it's quite a, an arc but it means that from a point of view of understanding the technical nature behind things, it allows you to very much be able to develop um, at, at the sort of edge of what we're talking about, you know, and so mm-hmm. that offers, so you've got to have that technical interest along with the understanding. And then you, yeah, I think you would you naturally gravitate towards trying new things and exploring with new devices and technologies. And, uh, and again, because of this experience space, we get to, Um, we get to explore some of these new technologies. Like right now in the office, we have a transparent uh, ghost LED screen. We're testing content on for stuff we're developing. That's fun. You know, this is an area that this is bleeding edge stuff and you get to take the technology out. You get to see how it works. You get to test and and find out all the stuff, you know, at the forefront of it. So that, you know, is a lot of fun.
0: And uh, do do you find that because of the way that, just as consumers as as, and as people we are in this digital age where every you know you you go out to just do your shopping and and you will experience and encounter and interact with you know technological touch points and digital touch points whether that be you know going through the self-checkout at the supermarket you know is, is is a way of us now because of our understanding of digital technology we know instinctively how to go and use those types of devices now are you able to then source inspiration from Things that you just see in day-to-day life that you think actually we could apply that to a client or for for a particular application um, as it sort of opened up the possibilities by seeing all of this stuff in day-to-day life.
1: Uh, I I think so. I mean, I think, I think we all get we we all get used to it, don't we? We've all got touch phones. um, You know, we've all we're all sort of doing that. Your children are picking them up and using them immediately. So you you all become um, quite used to it. And there's kind of an interesting. Um, side note that when you're developing content and um, you know I, I used to have quite a few <laughs> few battles with people where it was just sort of like you know make sure the, the, this thing is prominent or a call to action is prominent and to a certain extent it starts to get to the point where you're, um, you're almost placating people because ultimately they know how to use these devices now you know yeah. they know how to yeah. react to them and the more intelligent stuff has been more subtle and more um, subtle about how you, you bring people into it and draw people along those sort of journeys. Um, but, uh, you know, I think again, because you're using these, you're using these things in, in environments and spaces and, and, and things that you wouldn't normally use or things that you wouldn't normally do like an 84 inch touchscreen people don't have at their home and they don't use them normally. So, you put it in a big hall with a load of people and you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know the exact thing. So you have to observe, you have to look and you take learnings from some of these environments and you see how people um, deal. And, and um, I think it's, you know, it's quite funny to see that people actually have a much lower tolerance for getting things wrong when everyone's watching. So if yes. you're in a space, um, yeah. you know, you, you have to be so direct about what they need to do on that screen. Cause if they make a mistake, they feel
0: silly, and they leave. <laughs> Which is yeah. not what you want, right? So. And, and there must be a real challenge there of, of designing you know, the right content to go on there to to, to to challenge people and to get them to maybe to interact and delve into the content that you are putting together for any given client, whilst also making it accessible and making them not feel foolish if they are going to do it in public spaces. That That, that, that balance of content must be really tricky now when we are dealing with so many more touch interfaces aren't we and it's not just touch screens we should point out as well because no. you know we're now beyond that as well aren't we we're, we're in you know where any surface can now be turned into a an interactive touch point
1: yeah absolutely and and we we've, we've experienced that as well we've developed content that has a is a radar beam so it is proper minority report mm. um and the irony is that you again you you expect these things to be um understood from your perspective and and um <laughs> when you see people using them it's such an interesting thing because uh you know immediately they go up to a screen which is their sort of is what they're looking at and there's a radar beam but they go and touch the screen because they're so used to touching the screen they don't know that that thing is there and then and they're meant to use it like you know gesture controlled and and uh you know that's just because we're so used to touch devices so there's a there's a really kind of interesting area. And that's what I say when you sort of develop that content. And, and the funny thing is when you, from a digital screen based development, you're always going, okay, what size screen do I do mobile first? How do I develop this stuff? Let's yeah. do the UX, the UI and all this sort of stuff. And uh, now when you're dealing with some sort of touchscreen stuff, you go, well, how short will the people be? How tall will they be? Will they be able to reach these things? Do people for some you know reason will not look down they look up so uh, put anything at the bottom they won't touch it they won't even look at it mm, yeah there's some really interesting sort of findings from that sort of uh you know user interface of screens like touch screens large touch screens or um large touch devices or blank canvases however you, you know like you say big walls can be interactive however you set it up so um uh, yeah it's all an exploration which is fun you know it's, it's,
0: it's interesting isn't it and that there, there, there are it's you know for every solution that's presented or new opportunity that's presented to us you know 10 other um, considerations then flag themselves up when, you, when you're looking to do something and just, just as a reference I was talking to uh, a, a company um, last year on the podcast about an installation that they had done at the Eureka um, Museum up in uh, Halifax in West Yorkshire and an interactive um, project- projected interactive content um, and how they've just got to be careful where they put the projectors in because where the venue had originally said they wanted them they pointed out that actually when people stand in front of the interactive wall they're going to actually cast a shadow onto the wall and mask you know 30% of the content that they're actually being asked to interact with and so then they have to rethink where everything's going to go so you know I guess you probably work in a similar realm where for every creative idea that you come up with, you're probably then presented with 10 obstacles that you have to, you know, deal with in order to achieve that. Yeah.
1: And I think, um, you know, there's uh, obviously, that's like a technical, physical um, sort of complication, but there are, um, you know, technical software complications and how things talk to each other, how it works. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff now is, a, is um, you know, developing systems that can be then, uh, effectively, both glo- global and uh, local, or global, they say. So you can yeah. have a central sort of system that then has multiple versions of, say, an experience um, kind of uh, for the brand to distribute. So they control one central place and they distribute their brand on these other other sort of areas. And that, can that be, you know, a touch screen? Can it be a touch table? Can it be um, projection based? Can it be? Mm. But it's all controlled by one central thing. And you know, there's a lot of different. Um, Softwares that are being developed. Your own software you can develop, and those ramifications about how that all fits together, along with a show control for, um, say, museums. Or, um, so yeah, it's 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 also challenging um, for sure, uh, but that's part of it. Right. So you, you've got that area,
0: you know. Absolutely. And and when, when you mentioned at the start of the episode that the, uh, the the London office, you know, deals with a lot of international clients. One thing that I guess you must have to deal with is um, a project that uh requires the same thing a bit of a, an ignorant term but the same thing to be delivered in multiple languages so may, mm-hmm. and maybe not just written content but with digital interaction now digital experiences you will probably have um audible content as well as written content that you are considering to have to deliver and, and develop and, and give back to the client in multiple language formats is that something that crops up regularly and is it, is it something that you guys are dealing with more often now
1: yeah I mean uh, as I say I, I think over 70% of the, the work we do is distributed on a larger network so we, we were in um, Chicago only last year delivering something and um, obviously that's all uh, US English but then we could be in Geneva or Frankfurt and that's got to be in French English and German so you definitely look at um, uh, the way in which you can approach design and it can be flexible design. Um, I think uh, some certainly some of my previous knowledge in advertising, we always sort of, we would develop for, you know, uh, EMEA or APAC. And so we would understand that you would need to leave space. So there's some learnings and there's an interesting diversion or like conversion, I should say, or, on how the, the two different types of kind of disciplines are kind of coming together. And um, again, I think this um, sort of comes to that point that I was talking ar- around about how, I think there's almost a, a bit of a digital creative drain from the advertising sector into this um, experience area where uh, I think you're, you're, you've got more space to explore and more interesting things to develop in a technical digital um, sort of arena, and I think that's where you know having that skill set of being from an advertising background and understanding all these different things about mm. lang- language length and more of a marketeer's hat on, um, you can really start to create a great story for for a client in that space. You know, completely different kind of delivery of that.
0: Uh, are we at a stage now? <laughs> We often talk about trends and I'm certainly guilty on the on this podcast of saying to people in the past, you know, what do you see as the forthcoming trends, especially at this time of year, we're, we're recording this just at the end of January. So we're fundamentally at the start of a, a calendar year and I ask people what the trends, but realistically and, and stepping out of that box for a second, are, is there such a thing as trends anymore in any sort of given business or in the advertising industry or are we at a stage now where we have so much creative opportunity available to us that it's not about following trends it's about creating what works for any given project? Uh, I, I guess so I, I think trends are, are built by pioneers aren't they
1: so somebody will pioneer something and then that will, we will be exalted as amazing and then you will follow it. Mm. Uh, and other people will uh, mimic it I guess it's the, and, and there's an there's an element of the zeitgeist about that as well it's um what is everyone doing and I think I think there's yeah I mean there's going to be a continuum of trends um I think it's quite it's quite sort of bold to sort of put put that out there what you think that will be um I'm not as opinionated on those things I suppose <laughs> um you, you might say there'll be, uh, certainly we've had quite a few interesting chats with people that are delivering uh, more VR and AR stuff. So people yeah. are more likely to put uh, devices on them, uh, become more uh, engaged with them. Um, we've, we've met some really interesting partners that are doing, you know, uh, whether it's screen-based or even um, more uh, sort of curated mm. um, with, sort of VR experiences and that doesn't mean that it's like a CG animated or anything like that. They actually, um, there's, a, there's a new type of a RED camera that shoots in 360 um, and they're like a film camera. So they set up a lighting, they, they make sure the stories, they, you know they, they cast actors and they really bring people into these things and allow them to tell a much more narrative based story in that. So I think there's gonna be a lean massively well not massively but if there's definitely an, an influx of that starting to happen and more experience but the big problem comes in with the uh, experience and it, and it keeps coming up with a lot of our clients is experience for one versus experience for everyone mm-hmm. um, so I think there's a there's a bit of a rub there about being able to have um, everyone feel the same and see the same and and not just doing the experience for one. So um, we we are seeing some experience rooms go in. Um, so it's probably using that 360 content, but in a bigger space so that it can really uh, get involved with it. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'd probably put my hat in that ring if I was
0: gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um Our guest today on the podcast is Tom Gravy. Tom is the digital creative director at Avant-Garde. And on today's podcast, we've been talking about um, not so much trends. I thought it might go down the route of looking at trends, but actually it's it's more than that. It's looking at how um, agencies like Avant-Garde now, and particularly ones that have been in business as long as them, are really utilising what's available to them in this current digital age and and creating um, content Um, and experiences for their clients that uh, really take advantage of, of the control that we now have with the digital streams available to us tom it's been great to have you on the podcast and once again as i said at the start thanks for stepping in at relatively short notice to join us as a guest today it's been uh, it's been great to have you on and um we should always uh make a a log of the people who really know what they're talking about on this podcast and make sure that we tap into them at some point in the future so hopefully we'll get you back on the podcast again to uh, to tap into some more of that knowledge tom
1: No problem. Thanks so much for having me.
0: No problem. If you're listening to the audio version of today's podcast, don't forget to hop over to eventindustrynews.com, where you can check out video versions of all the podcasts, as well as the latest news features and supplements from event industry news. Of course, conversely, if you're watching this on the website, hello to you. And hop on to your chosen podcast downloader on your mobile device. And you can listen to audio versions of all of our podcasts on your commute to and from work or whilst you're out and about working at your events. Um, thanks again to our guest today, Tom Graby from Avant Garde, and we'll see you on the next edition of the event industry news podcast. My name is James Dixon. Goodbye. <music>